Hi everyone and welcome to the Prototypes Podcast. This is a podcast where innovators, product creators and entrepreneurs come to discuss impactful ideas. Our mission is to inspire more people to create great product experiences. My name is Margarida and I'll be your host today. Today my guest is Annabelle Sario, product management leader and coach that is passionate about helping teams building products that customers love. Throughout her career, Annabella has been successfully building teams from scratch. Currently, she is the CPO at OutSystems and has a vast experience in product management and product operations. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So, welcome, Annabella. Welcome to the Productize Podcast. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for having me here, Margarita. I'm really, really very excited to share my experience and insights with you and with the productized community. Well, we are as well very excited to have you here today and also excited to have you as a speaker in this year in the conference. So let's get started. Um, so Annabella, you have an uh, extensive curriculum in being a manager and product manager in uh, different fields. Uh, so I would like to ask you if you can make us a brief overview and highlight the most significant experience in your career and how did these experiences uh, in different industries shaped you as a product leader today? Okay, I will try to make it brief, but I started working a lot of years ago, but <laughs> um, I can tell you that I started working in consultancy. Um, in the beginning, I was really interested because I started working in all the phases of the software development life cycle, which, you know, gave me the foundations that I still use today. Uh, after that, I started manage different projects and programs for more than 10 years. Um, and that experience in services company, from that experience, I learned a lot about customer centricity, stakeholders management, and team management, mainly building and scaling teams. Mm -hmm. I had to create teams from scratch several times, and that really shaped my, my leadership, I think, my leadership uh, style. Mm -hmm. In 2016, I decided to change my, my, my life, so at least professionally. Um, I decided to move from a service company to a product company, OutSystems. I was really tired of what I was doing. It was not a challenge anymore. I needed a new challenge, and I decided to join OutSystems. I started in engineering, um, bootstrapping the first product ownership area. Then in 2019, I moved to product management to lead a team of 20 PMs. In 2020, I started the product operations area from scratch. And here, the main goal was to help the PMs improve efficiency during our hypergrowth stage. In 2021, I accumulated the role of chief of staff to the CPO, effectively becoming the number two in the PM organization. And this year, a new change. <laughs> I was invited to lead the whole product area. So. Nowadays, I oversee the product management team, the pricing and monetization team, the developers community, our product inside that is our product data and research team, and also product operations. Mm. Well, uh, congratulations for this promotion this year. Uh, yeah, thank it's, you. Uh, 
big challenge. Let um, me sorry, sorry. Let me just add something that what I've learned at Out Systems, a product company. So I can tell you that I learned how to lead by influence. Okay, that which I believe is a really great skill that you should nurture and develop. Lead by inspiring others through through uh, who you are and what you stand for not just for your title. When you are working in services, your title matters mm -hmm. because you have a position in the hierarchy and people tend to do what you say because you are a manager or you have a higher position. In a product company, you are surrounded by so many clever people that they ask you why. Why? Why should I do this? Why should I do that? So you need to be really able to build strong relationships work with integrity and inspire others to be their best selves. Mm -hmm. So in the end of the day, the goal is to make a positive impact on the people that surround you. Yeah. What's the main, it was the main difference between the services and the, the product company. Mm -hmm. I want to go deeper on this uh, area of being a leader, but before that, um, so you are now the CPO uh, in all systems. And uh, I and you also did the CPU accelerator by Melissa Perry the the course. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, how was that experience of doing this such a new uh, course in the the market? And uh, well, if how it influenced you as a CPU? Oh. <laughs> I love it. It's um, I really I'm a huge Melissa Perry fan. So. Uh, and I discovered the, the training on the internet and I was really so happy. Um, I really, if I had to highlight one thing that I valued most or I appreciate most in Melissa is her simplicity to explain concepts. She's able to make very complex concepts, make them and explain them very, very simple. So the CP in the CPU accelerator, she is able to explain the key business factor, the, what are the key forces inside the, uh, a company. At the C-level, she, te she teaches you a lot of techniques that you can use. Um, and this is the first uh, most important thing. The second one is the networking that, that you gain from there. You, you met another product people, some that are also working to become a CPO, others that are already a CPO, and the exchanging of, of experience is really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. So, I think, and answering to your question, it was key for me to, it was kind of a preparation for this, this phase. Um, if I never had the, the CPO accelerated, my integration in this position would be much, much difficult. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, reading about a post about Melissa Perry today and she was saying that one of the challenges um, in jumping from uh, a product leader to CPO is the C-suit uh, um, communication part that you, yeah. you need to be able to to speak with a very different part of the organization that is uh, worried about different things, not yeah. just product. product itself and customers, which is, they are still important, but uh, with the CPO, it comes yeah. new baggage. 
Yeah, it's true. It's true. And sometimes you have, for instance, in the sea level, you don't have a strong uh, technical presence, for instance, when you have a technical product. So you need to learn the 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 sales language all the the, the CEO uh, and to understand the concerns and, and 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 all of that to be able to influence so sometimes it's really difficult to explain a product strategy to people that is not focused on technology imagine when you have a technological product but she really explains that and teach you a lot of uh, techniques it was mm -hmm. really useful great and it's also a a privilege to to be with Melissa and to learn from her. So yes, I, I strongly recommend it. Great. Um, so now going to the uh, being a leader uh, topic, um, you, you wrote an article in the Observador, um, a Portuguese uh, newspaper, about the importance of the leader in an organization and how it it's becoming more and more important to to be a good leader and how companies depend on their leaders to success. And you highlighted, I wanted to highlight two ideas that you brought on that article, that is uh, the importance of the leader to care about his team with empathy and compassion, and uh, that the leader, the leader must be a role model. So I found interesting that you highlighted these two ideas, especially the fact that you referred the word compassion with yeah. leadership and business, which is not such a common word to be used. I would like to ask you to expand more a bit these ideas and okay. why do you think this is so important for the success of the organization? Uh, it's it's a good good um, good topic. I can tell you that I strongly believe that our colleagues and, and customers are individuals and with aspirations and challenge just like us, right? Um, and as leader, it is our responsibility to remove any obstacles that reduce their productivity and, you know, help them unleash her, their potential to contribute to the company's success. To achieve this, we must understand each team member's strengths and weakness. This is really important. You need to pay attention to each one of your team members and understand them. Also, I think as a leader, we should provide them an environment that allows them to work with focus and cultivate their skills. However, it is important to maintain our ethical standards and principles. You don't need to be your team member's best friend. Just work to find the right balance between your team and the company's well-being. Mm -hmm. So I think lead, pay attention to your people, lead with empathy and compassion, but in the end of the day, you are the leader that they need to respect and follow. You need to be able to make tough decisions if they are needed, but if you are, at least from my experience, if you always share your rationale, mm -hmm. why you are making the decisions, people will understand and will respect it for it. They may not agree with you, but they will respect you for, from, for, from it. for it. Yes. Yes, and you you also referred that uh, the importance of leading by influence, being a product leader, and not, uh, especially in the product uh, company, and not by, uh, like, highest paid person in the room or any other uh, factor. So yeah, the like product management is much more about people management. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I think that this could be a in the end of the day we are people working with people mm-hmm. so and we need at least I treat people like I would like people to treat me so and I think that always work if you listen to people and empathize with them they may not uh, agree with you but I think they will respect it for it yeah cool so I think we can uh, jump for our second topic so over the past year you have been a speaker in conferences podcasts webinars mainly on the product operations topic that uh, you founded uh, in OutSystems and you grow the theme and uh, you actually Yeah, so you end up the winning the prize of the product ops team of the year. And uh, I, I read on your 2022 wrap-up post on LinkedIn that um, you highlighted the best moments of your career that year. And you highlighted that in a, one of the things that you had to overcome to being able to have this uh, exposure was the fear of public speaking public speaking and the fact that uh, uh, this was blocking you from uh, from doing those things uh, so I wanted to to ask you how how do you describe how did you describe your fear of public speaking and how it mad- manifested okay so I think at first um, I would become really really anxious a week before each presentation so it was crazy crazy in the day before i felt extremely uncomfortable and two hours prior to the actual presentation my brain seemed to slow down and my heart start beating so fast much more faster than usual it was really strange it seems like i was not able to control my brain it was completely strange Um, but however with time and you get used to it um, it has become easier and now I only experience a bit of stress before presenting so uh, it was really uncomfortable to me back then and uh, my boyfriend suffered a lot with me because oh, one week after I start telling oh my god I have this presentation I don't want to go and so on and and um, I really did um, a huge Uh, path to, to, to come here so mm-hmm. I can tell you if you are listening and if you have this fear as well it's possible to, to fight it and uh, to improve over time so mm-hmm. yeah so just to contextualize uh, what type of presentations uh, made you go to that state The, okay whenever um, I'm comfortable with meetings if, if I'm in a meeting room or a Zoom meeting with several people I'm okay My fear is speaking in front of a hundred of people. So it's the size of the, the people that is attending mm-hmm. uh, first. The second one is whenever I have to speak uh, in English or in a different language that is not my native language, it's as I'm trying to think, oh, I will make this mistake or I'll make that mistake. And you tend to be, I'm, I'm, I think I'm a bit of a perfectionist uh, and uh, or at least... I I'm always work to do things right. And um, I'm very demanding with myself. And I'm always... So you need to have everything. You need to speak very... Uh, you, you need to have everything controlled, right? <laughs> and in yeah. the beginning, what that 
put would put a, a, a bigger effort, uh, uh, sorry, a bigger pressure on me. So it was really mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, I I understand. Like there is this balance between like you. We need to be um, to want to make the best of our work and of our life, but at the same time those feelings can become blockers blockers of you doing new things that yeah. like doing a new thing it implies uh, 90% of the time to I wouldn't say fail but do it worse than you yeah. do your normal things but, but it's it's true and I'm really very demanding from my with myself but it's 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 funny because with my team I'm I'm much more comprehensive i used to say that everyone that works with me has three opportunities to fail so they fail um they receive feedback what the only thing that i ask for them is try to incorporate feedback if you fail it's okay learn it and try to do a bit better next time and i i strongly believe that is the secret of keeping improving in your career in your personal life and so on but with me I'm much more demanding, so it's nowadays I'm and over time I learn how to manage this. But but in the beginning was really crazy. Mm -hmm. It's always like that. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. So um, and uh, what have you done to to improve this this fear? Okay, I think that this is a cliche, but I did it. I forced myself out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So I took advantage of every chance chance I had to speak publicly. And I think these product operations um, helped me a lot. So um, because it created a lot of opportunities of speaking uh, and uh, recording podcasts and so on. So I forced myself to do it. In the beginning, it was really difficult. But again, with time, you get used to it. So if you have this fear, um, so force yourself, don't say no. In the beginning of my career, I received uh, invitations to, to go talk in places and I refused them. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. Accept all the opportunities. Uh, it's like you said, so don't be afraid of doing a mistake once in a while. So you will improve, you will do a mistake now, you will improve for the next session. So the importance of the most important thing is keep doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's the secret. So don't do, do it like I did. Take all the, the opportunities to... Yeah. To I think we also need to sometimes remember ourselves that um, no, one no one will notice, most probably. Yeah. Uh, we have this feeling that people are always looking at us like, no one cares. It's true. <laughs> People just say if you are speaking is because usually in the majority of the times you know more than that subject than people. So and no one knows your the script of your presentation. Even if you change something, no one will uh, um, realize it, right? Mm -hmm. Other than you that you know the script. But I think sometimes we mm -hmm. are really tough with with ourselves. But I also read on that article that you had classes of yeah. uh, uh, voice positioning, yeah. right? Yeah. How was that experience? The experience was really good because I, I needed to train how to project my voice. Because when I'm... Another thing that I forgot to mention is when 
when I was uh, stressed. So my voice was more weak and I realized that uh, when, you, when you start a, a presentation and you want to make any impact, if you enter the stage speaking like this, <laughs> it doesn't work. And I think that I told you that my brain stopped working a little bit and I, I have not control of my, bo my body. So I decided to have classes, especially to learn how to project my voice. And it really helped me a lot. I, I think everything that you can do to improve will help you to be more confident in that moment. And mm -hmm. for me, the, the classes were, were that. But the classes are really, really nice. They teach you need to yell to, um, to, uh, to project your voice to a wall. You need to project your voice, uh, be looking at a wall and projecting your voice. So the exercises are really, really funny. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. It, it sounds interesting and I bet you can clearly tell the difference yeah. like f the before and after you had those classes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. And, and they also, sorry, they also teach you how to breathe. Mm. because you need to make pauses and everything is related to the way you breathe and the way you keep your the the, the air inside you so it's really a funny experience okay and do you also train um, like public speaking or just or it's just voice it was just voice okay. i did some rehearsals um i kind of i used to take to to present to to the the teacher one or two slides and he would teach me okay now you should breathe like this now okay you are speaking really fast so make it um, slow and um, you you understand and also i have uh, one or two um, classes about presentation techniques mm. and the way you project your body the way you move around the, the stage so there are some small techniques that if you learn them you can use them and they will make a difference help you to be more confident yes super important because yeah. we also have this tendency when we are not comfortable speaking to rush i want to say everything in just one sentence and just disappear yeah and, oh. and and remember that that guy i sent him send him a presentation a deck and he started uh, telling me, you don't need this word, this word, this word. So he cut it kind of a half of the, um, of the words. And you know that. I think it's something that we know. But when he, when he cut the words, I, I suddenly realized, okay, yeah, this word is not needed here. So why I'm bringing? And the simplicity and the make the message really simple, the narrative simple, it really... Um, works makes a difference yes yeah. great <laughs> okay so if you had to uh, like uh, wrap up the some techniques to share with uh, our audience to help them uh, like improve their speaking or like overcome the fear of public speaking what would you say okay so first i think that you know you, you should know the topic that you are speaking about if you don't okay uh, study it so you should be a subject matter expert uh, and and understand what what uh, you are talking about the set the second one i already told you is prepare a, a very simple but good presentation okay don't write too much simple message 
you can use images and so on. So images are very powerful. But I think the, also combine the simplicity of the presentation with a solid narrative. So um, the third one, it's really also important, rehearse it. So um, if you have the opportunity to to do some dry runs with colleagues or family to collect feedback, it's really cool. It's like um, the stand-up technique. So in order for you to be a good stand-up comedy person, you need to try it, try it, test it, test it uh, a lot of times. So dry runs are really useful for us as well. Uh, and the fourth one that I was thinking about is kind of the practice some breathing techniques some vocal exercises and there are people that do some power poses mm. I, I don't do it but people tell me that works so kind of a 10 minutes before they go to the toilet and they open the the chest and they are looking at the the mirror and saying oh who is the best one who is the best <laughs> <laughs> i don't do it but people say that they work it works yeah Cool. Yeah, they, I, I also read that that's a good thing to do before a job interview or something like yeah. you're being really, really exposed. It's the time, yeah. <laughs> okay, funny. Um, it will be funny to see to see the speakers of Protise doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. We can challenge Gonzalo Gaiolas to, to do it. So... To, yes. and take a picture so Gonzalo <laughs> if you are listening so go do it and take a picture <laughs> okay so mm -hmm. yes and I saw that you like on that uh, um, post that you did that you are also doing journaling yeah yeah yes. I did it it was also the first time that I did it started last year and it's really interesting it was kind of a focused journaling because it was uh, I had to kind of a, every day in the beginning of the day and in the end of the day answer the same questions mm. so kind of uh, what will make your day a great success today uh, what are you thankful for uh, some something like this and it's really interesting because every day it's it's the same question but you start thinking about it and suddenly you see some challenge some differences in you it's really interesting okay that's And then uh, once a week, they have a, a set of questions to make you think about it. But the thing was really three minutes in the morning and three minutes in, in the end of the day. It was really useful. And suddenly, mainly is about gratitude and what you are great for and what are the important people in your life. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. So we need to, to cover this topic. This is one of the mandatory to be in the menu. That is product operations. The, um, so you have done, we already referred that you have done a really uh, intense work on this topic. Uh, you are recognized by institutions by your work and, um, and you are... I would say world-class product operations. So let's start by the simplest question. What is product operations? Hmm, it's a good question, not times the easiest one. Uh, for me, what is product operation? I think you, as probably you know and you are aware, product operations is a fairly new practice, right? And you can see if you Google it, there are so many different definitions available. And I think what you will find is that each company, each person will tailor it to their own needs. 
Personally, I believe that product operations aims to improve product managers' life. How? By making them stronger product leaders. And what I did with my team um, was mainly, at least for my definition, um, is mainly standardizing tools, processes, and governments in first place. Second, make sure you have the key data centralized and, if possible, in a single source of truth in a way that allows PM to make informed decisions. The third one, share and evangelize best practices. The third, uh, fourth one, developing the onboarding program and providing other forms of training and coaching to our PMs. And last but not least, supporting product strategy definition, deployment, and monitoring. So mm -hmm. it's the way we have it. And what's the role of product operations? To the CEO. This question comes from the fact that I was reading an article that said that product operations becomes um, important when the CEO or someone in the company does not know what are the PMs are doing and like there's just too many things going on. Um, from my experience, I think that product operations is much more useful to the CPO than to the CEO. Mm -hmm. Okay, the CEO for sure will will um, will earn from it in the sense that if you have a product opera uh, product management team that's efficient, that is focused on the product vision and strategy, has time to go and visit customers, again listen to customers, understand their problems, work with engineering and develop the best solutions, working with marketing. On, uh, on the positioning, on the messaging, uh, do the proper enablement to the, to the field teams, to the solution architects, to the salespeople, and so on. So f the way I see it is that product operation is there in the center to help PMs be more efficient. Uh, product operations will deal all the bureaucracy, all the tools, all the processes, help you with communicate better the roadmap, the updates, and so on. So. I think indirectly the CEO will benefit from from having a product operation. Mm -hmm. Also, an important piece is having data, a product data team that will gather metrics, product adoption metrics, and initiative success metrics. All that data that will allow us P allow PMs to make informed decisions and create compelling business case mm -hmm. to justify where the investment should go and what is the value that we want to deliver to our customers. Okay, so, so in, in your case, the um, product operations were delivering to the CPO uh, like uh, what the PMs were doing, mm -hmm. like a report of this is what's going on. It, they could do the reporting, but they they will deliver a more efficient product management team if you... Mm -hmm. if you Okay. I think you can think of, uh, like that. And mm -hmm. in, in your opinion, when it's time to bring a product operations within a company? Um, like, what are the signals that you identify as uh, like malfunctions yeah, that, that product uh, operations can solve? I think that. <clears throat> The signals is that when you look at your product management team and you see PMs working uh, in a lot of bureaucratic uh, um, processes, tools, 
instead of interacting with customer, go and visit customers and can understand customers. Uh, for instance, you can see PMs, uh, each one of the PM have uh, their own prioritization tool, they, they, their own roadmap uh, uh, PowerPoint or their own roadmap spreadsheet and so on. So you see a lot of inefficiencies and the PMs spend a lot of time on it. So this is one sign. Uh, another sign is it, it was what happened with us at Autisms is when you are in a hyper growth stage and you need to grow really, really fast and you need to help your PMs develop skills to cope with the, the, the hyper growth. And um, sometimes you have PMs that started in a startup. They are using the startup mindset of thinking do I, and they are not trying to scale. Mm-hmm. So product operations can also help on that. So. Uh, I think that you can look up this kind of of signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in uh, out systems, you to harmonize this uh, uh, huge amount of tools that you had, that PMZ, you brought uh, product board within yeah. the, the company. Yeah. yeah. One of the problems we, in the beginning, um, I can share with you that um, with with either round of interviews. Uh, we interview 60 stakeholders and we raised more than 76 concerns. So it, we did kind of a discovery uh, process like we do in product management. And uh, um, the two main problems that we found in the beginning was one of them was we have so many single source of truth. So uh, like I said, each PM had their own spreadsheet, uh, their own inside insights, uh, product insights, uh, spreadsheet, and so on. So we decided to adopt product board as our single source of truth. So nowadays we manage in product board all the product uh, feedback from customers, from all the our stakeholders, from solution architects, sales, uh, customer success managers, engineers, and so on. So we have all the feedback there. We also prioritize all the initiatives there aligned with our product strategy and vision. Uh, we use drivers to do that. And we also manage roadmap. We have roadmap views tailored to each specific audience. We have mm-hmm. some design for engineering, from marketing, for sales. And we use that as our single source of truth. Okay. So it was one of the things uh, that we implemented. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have a curiosity. So... You you did before product operations. You did PM work, so yeah. you interact with customers, and now and then you were product operations, and your customers were PMs, mm-hmm. not only PMs but also PMs. Uh, how are product managers as customers? So, are there any particular challenges with dealing with someone that knows how to deal with customers? Um. I think that product managers are really a very special customer. So um, I think they they are really very very demanding customers. So um, and I th- I think that the the trick that that I use to to deal with them. Because, because, you know, product managers are very clever people, very demanding. They are always asking why they need to understand the problem. So in this case, what I feel is that they are 
they were always asking why trying to understand everything and so on. So the way we dealt with them was to use some product management techniques. For instance, whenever you will, they were they were requesting a lot of people like any customer do, right? And what we did was we defined a prioritization uh, tool to talk with them and to prioritize the, the, the problems that we needed to solve with them. We also had to define metrics to, uh, to measure the success of our work and so on. So they are really tough, but if you use their mindset and their techniques to deal with them, I think everything works mm -hmm. well because you are talking their language, right? So yeah. uh, in the end of the day, that helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, and being a from former former product, product manager, it helped you. Yeah. And how do you measure success in product operations? Okay, it's a very good question, not easy to do. Um, I have a, a, a talk uh, about uh, metrics in uh, my team owns a product ops talks and rap talk series, and we have uh, a, a episode specific specifically talking about metrics. So in three in three perspectives, okay, how we measure the the success of our product, how we measure the success of our product ops team and how we manage the, in, the um, engagement of our PMs with the company and with the team. So here I will make uh, answer very quickly. It's in addition to considering the impact that we have in the company, it's really important to highlight that my product ops team has clear defined metrics to measure success. So everything that we do, we have always a, me a metric to measure the success. And these metrics include measuring the understanding of the product strategy. For instance, the CSET of our customers, the team engagement, engagement, as well other key performance indicators. I think the specific metric is not the most important thing. The mm -hmm. thing is that for every important thing that you do, you are able to manage, uh, sorry, to measure it and explain the rationale to your stakeholders. So use the metric that you believe that is best in that situation, but make it clear and understandable and explain it to your stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Can you give an example of a metric that you you had in your company, in, in, within your team? In my team? Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, one that is really, I, I can sh show you, sh uh, share two. One is the customer satisfaction. Imagine. Uh, we have um, a person that is focused on the communication uh, with the product management team, uh, sorry, um, inside Product Ops, that is the focus is to improve the communication with the rest of the company, the stakeholders. So every month we do several um, sessions uh, to share, for instance, a roadmap update and collect insights. And in every, uh, in every session, we we raise a survey and ask for their satisfa satisfaction. We call it CSET. It should be stakeholder sat satisfaction. Mm -hmm. satisfaction. Oh, sorry. In the beginning, we used this metric. And over time, we decided to make, to change it a little bit. And the question was, instead of how happy are you with this session, we make it different. So here's the information that we are sharing with you helping you to do your daily work is helping you to improve your 
your interactions with customers and so on. So we move the question from the process to the outcome that we want to achieve. Mm. And it was really, really useful. Mm -hmm. For instance, we, we, we have an internal B2B product management academy, another example. And we have, them, in the beginning, we, we ask them, we use the ROTI, return of time investment. So we start thinking, okay, the time that you are spending in the training classes, is worth the, the time that you are investing on it? It was in the beginning. Now we ask them, okay, so the learnings that you are extracting from the training, can, are you helping you to do a better product management job? Are they actionable and they help you? Mm -hmm. So this was really interesting. I think both of them are important. In the beginning, the first one helped us, but with time we evolved to, to something that I consider more, more uh, insightful mm -hmm. because you are talking about outcomes that you are uh, um, wants to extract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um Final question about product uh, operations. So you did the, um, you implemented product operations for the first time in out systems and for the first time in, in your life. life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I imagine that uh, as everything that you do for the first time, as you were saying in the other topic, you do mistakes. Um, yeah. So what uh, are your biggest lessons from uh, implementing and doing product operations? I think the biggest le lesson that um, I can share is that I think treat your product operations area as your product. And from that use product management techniques to achieve success. For instance, mainly start with understanding your customer. Really deeply understand their problems. Build the solutions with them and manage their and stakeholders' expectations. So I think this is, I see it really as position your product ops team as the core thing on the company. Something that is important for the company, that is important for your customer. It could be the product management team, it could be other team, but put yourself in an important position. Sometimes people tend to, to look at operations, oh, they are kind of helping us do this or do that. They are not core. But raise the bar and put yourself mm -hmm. in a, a core position. So you are here to help your customers. You understand them. You bring them. You, you, you create solutions. Manage their expectations. And also, important, manage your adoption. I manage the adoption of the things product ops do like I, we used to manage uh, product adoption. So mm -hmm. always look of the way people are consuming what you are doing. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so the need for measure to have uh, like KPIs or yeah. uh, metrics. Yeah. yeah. It's we are reaching the end of our conversation, Annabella. It has been a pleasure. Um, and for final thoughts, I would like to ask you, Why do you think people should join us uh, in October in the product conference? And why should they join your talk? Okay, what I can say. If you already have or you are thinking about introducing a product ops function at your company and you are looking into how to do it successfully and efficiently, 
please join my talk and workshop to learn from my experience at OutSystems. I will have two things. that I will have a talk and I will have also a workshop mm -hmm. where I will share um, some techniques that you can use to create a business case to promote product operations in your company. So a lot of people come to me and ask me, oh, I have a team or one or two, or how can I make a business case to grow the team? Or I want to create a product operations team and I don't know how to do it. What can I tell him? And I, I will share some techniques that will help you to do that. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, uh, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much, Annabella. And see you in October. Yeah. So <laughs> it was really a pleasure to be here as well. And thank you for inviting me. And I hope you will see my workshop and my talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs>